We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To True Faith Podcast, I'm Norman Riley, joined by Ben, Adam and Charlotte um, to discuss yesterday's one all home draw with Swansea. I'm covering for Alex because obviously Alex come back from Australia with, I think, the bird flu and I'm pretty sure he is now patient zero in in an illness that's going to end humanity, so we need to get this podcast out as soon as possible, obviously. Um, so we'll, we'll get straight into it. Um, I'll go to you. Let, let's do this in... Alphabetical order. So, Adam, I'll go to you, mate. Um, your immediate feelings post-match and how you're feeling now? Yeah, I think a lot... I mean, a lot of people obviously very disappointed. I think a bottom of the side table at home is probably presents us with one of the best chances of getting three points. But I think on reflection, the, the, the game didn't surprise me in terms of how we started very positively, um, peppered the goal... Had a goal disallowed. It felt very similar to the Bournemouth game in that respect. But it's the same old story, Norman. It's it's una- we're unable to finish chances, put teams to bed, and the longer it goes, then it's nil nil. Opposition growing confidence, um, you know, gain a bit of hope and look to take chances, and that's exactly what Swansea did. Um, you know, it's pretty much their first proper. Uh, chance going forward and and, and they sucker punched us and suddenly we're in this position once again where we're having to dig ourselves out of a hole when it should have been put to bed in the first half Absolutely mate can't, um, can't disagree with any of those points um, Ben your, your sort of immediate post-match um, feeling and um, any is any change on reflection now 16 odd hours later um, It was frustrating but at the same time I mean I haven't spoken with a couple of met up with Adam and uh, Mickey after the match and I especially more, more so probably Mickey I, I don't think I was feeling as frustrated I um, haven't, haven't been to the last couple of games over Christmas when uh, the majority of you or sort of the podcast lads have all been away and whatnot. Um, it was a much better game to watch we actually sort of had some attacking threat and um, I think there were some positives that we, we could um, we could take out of it um, but at the same time it's, it's just Frustration that obviously that was a really winnable game that we've uh, we've, we've let slip. Um, again, it's it's another game we've struggled at home a bit. So um, it, it was a little bit of sort of. I, I don't think I was down as other people, and I think there was there was definitely a lot of positives there. But uh, yeah, it's just frustrating that it's one that we've probably let slip. Three points that well, two point two extra points that um, we probably could have done with, unfortunately. Bang bang on, mate. Um, and in Charlotte, you. Um, I'm a little bit more pessimistic than Ben there. I, I, I thought it wasn't very good at all. Um, I was a bit bored even in the first half. I know that um, the lads were saying that like 
make chances and stuff, but it's no good making them if we're not going to take them. And it was a really frustrating. Like you, like Adam said, there it felt a lot like Bournemouth. Um, I was yeah, just not really particularly impressed. Obviously, there is talent there. Ben's right; there are positives to take, but just I felt like I really have to struggle to see them. I I mean I've I'm genuinely um or generally sorry I genuinely as well why not um a positive when it when it comes to Newcastle this season there uh, you know for all the all the reasons I've probably listed like a thousand times um do, doing some of these pods um I, I I left the ground yesterday feeling um kind of like downbeat to the extent that you think well it's a, it's a it's an opportunity that um we we've lost at home to a, an incredibly poor side um but then you know we went one nil down and you you get the kind of joy of equalising um and obviously from that point on you I thought we were going to win and I came back on the train last night and obviously had like far too long to, to reflect on it um, and then got a match of the day on this morning. I watched match of the day and like, like you've all alluded to, the amount of chances we created, I mean, it, it, wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have been an injustice if we'd have been 4-0 up after 30 minutes yesterday. I mean, there weren't even just half chances. There weren't even half chances. These were clear-cut chances that um, just go to highlight how, how much we are desperate for a clinical finisher um, mm -hmm. and that's that, that's something that, that I think needs to be addressed in the transfer window whether it will or not fucking hell who knows but um, anyways we'll, um, we, can, we can put it in the context of, of all the results perhaps from yesterday Adam um, so for you mate yes, yesterday's results do you see them as good or bad for us um, have they, would you think they made things better or worse um, for the immediate future um, a little bit of both actually Norman I mean you know West Brom kind of stop their rot uh, to Brighton and West Ham getting quite an impressive win away to Huddersfield 4-1 I mean those as much as we kind of don't want teams below us winning games what they are doing is they're kind of pulling in teams above us sort of back into the into the sort of the, the bottom half scrap if you will so it's kind of just, just call it the shit Adam yeah what it has done is, is, is that the more that teams like Everton and Watford continue to stutter, which they have been. It gives it gives any one of our you know the teams around us in the bottom half a massive opportunity to to just sneak into the bottom half of the table if if we just string a few wins together. Um, you, you know, like the Watford Southampton draw, very good for us. Uh, the fact that Huddersfield, I, I feel Huddersfield are a team that once they uh, once they stop the momentum because they've been on a decent run once they start I think once once the league equalises and they kind of find their true place I think they'll sink uh, a lot faster towards the relegation zone uh, than they have been currently so it, it, you know West Ham and Crystal Palace winning isn't great for us but at the same time they're still only within a point of us um, above us anyway so it, it it's not terrible look if somebody told me in mid-January, after this transfer window shut in summer, if somebody told me in mid-January we'd be 14th and three clear of the relegation zone, I'd have snapped the hand off. Aye. <clears throat> Absolutely, mate. I can't... I, you know what? I, I agree with you. I think... Um, is, is, the table is so ridiculous at the minute. I mean, Everton, we're, we're four points off. Everton ninth. Getting your head around that. We're four points off ninth and three points off the relegation zone. That's that's how tight it is. Um, I mean, it, it kind of adds to the frustration of not picking up the three points yesterday because... That would have meant five points away from the relegation zone and two points off ninth. Um, but like you see, I mean, you know, in context, the fact that we're in this position, the fact that it is so tight, um, it just goes to show that even even though we didn't um, we didn't win yesterday, it's almost 
like every single point you collect can can make quite a quite a big difference. Um, Absolutely, and and the goal differences. We have the best goal difference in the bottom half now, aye. minus yeah. ten. And that's almost worth an extra point in itself, as uh, me and Ben were talking about yesterday. Well, that's it. I mean, um, and, and obviously, uh, Everton's goal difference will always be alright because you know Big Sam's got them defensively sorted, hasn't he? As we as we saw um, yesterday, obviously. <laughs> um, well, sh- shift shifting on from that, shifting on from that, Ben, um, mate, uh, for me yesterday, I, I I think Diomi was probably like my, my best player, and I thought the same against Stoke as well. Um, that, so that's really two two consecutive Premier League matches where I think. Tihomi has been like the um, the standout performer, um, and I know obviously uh, he, he's done an interview recently in which he's kind of stated that he, he's feeling confident and when he's got this kind of growth and desire. Um, what 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 are your what, what are you, what's your take on that? And um, in, in a kind of surprising way, um, is there an argument that he's he's one most important centre midfielder at the minute? I, I think my take is you can definitely tell uh, Dodgy wrote this uh, <laughs> this match. Uh, I think he absolutely loves the army. Um, <laughs> I agree. I think um, he, I was really surprised. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a particular, particular fan of the army, but uh, he, the first half yesterday, he was absolutely brilliant. He was everywhere. Um, he just imposed himself on the game really well. He was, he was intercepting everything. He was making tackles. He was getting stuck in. He's work rate. I mean, there's a couple of times where he was the one sort of chasing the ball everywhere, and it would get passed back, and he would push up and. There's a couple of times where we managed to sort of box them in in their, their own corners through for his just work rate and he was he was just like a man on fire yesterday. He was um he was possessed, he was just everywhere. So I I, I thought he's um he, the performance level was definitely, definitely a big, big improvement on what we've seen from him in the past. Um he was even comfortable getting on the ball a bit more. Um I mean I think I can't remember I think it was you uh, <laughs> said during the game is the army playing as the playmaker today. Um just because he was the one that seemed to be spreading the ball about, and he was the one getting getting a lot more of the ball, um, as opposed to Shelby. So I think uh, you, you can see he's, he's, he's growing at the world. I think the fact that he's actually getting game time, and he probably feels like he's a bit more a part of the the, the first team and, and the squad in general. Um, it's, it's bound to sort of improve his uh, confidence, and he's he's only going to go from strength to strength with that. I think as well, it's possibly a little bit of a. A sort of slap in the face for for Hayden, who must be watching Diarme and and seeing how sort of he's improving and thinking that that really that that should have been Hayden this season. Um, I think a lot of people probably would have thought if you'd have asked him at the start of the season, um, yeah, out, out of the two of them, you'd have expected Hayden to be the one sort of pushing on. And unfortunately, he's he's just not uh, been doing it. But I think you, you just see the difference in confidence between the two. Probably somebody who wasn't expecting many opportunities in Diarme getting them. Um, as opposed to someone who Hayden, who probably was a lot more involved last year, probably thought he'd be doing a lot more this year, has, hasn't been so. So that that's a little bit of a frustration, I think as well. Um, sort of the, the impact of the army, and just going back to what what you'd said about him being the playmaker. I thought Shelby was uh, did, didn't have one of his best games yesterday. He was sort of quite um, wasteful with some of the, the the possession that we had in terms of. He was forcing things too much. I mean, there was, was a brilliant opportunity where he could have put uh, Richie in, um, tried to slide a ball in, just didn't really hit it with enough pace. And so he tried to side for the three, whereas actually probably would have been better trying to sort of drill it just to get it through because it was a, such a narrow window to, to get the ball through to Richie. It missed, missed an opportunity there. Um, there was just a couple of times, I don't know, just, it just felt like a bit of a petulant performance from him at times. I mean, yeah. the, the one where they keep it through it out and he... He, he kicked it out for goal kick, but right down in the corner when we're chasing the game, like it's just what what you're playing at. 
um, just giving them an opportunity to, to waste time. And I, I mean, I don't know what he was playing as, but um, yeah, it was just. I think it was just a bit of a frustrating performance from him. And I think the fact that not sort of trying to do Diarmi to service, but the fact that Diarmi was probably the, the, the one of the standout performance sort of sums up. Uh, some of, some of the other guys' performances a little bit. Yeah, very really good points, mate. Um, I mean, on on Shelby, um, you, you used the word petulant, and that's that's exactly that, that's the exact word I've used in my match report. It was it was really that was like the the side of John Shelby that we know we know is in there. The the, the bit that probably Rafa un, understands that he can't rely on. Sorry, mate. Getting his Sunday name, John. <laughs> John, <laughs> he's uh, he was uh, he, he, he was just uh, yeah, but he, he was he was terrible yesterday. I mean, I think he looked lazy yesterday. He just looked like he couldn't be bothered. I don't, I don't, but I think I think as well. It, it's almost he was obviously I'd imagine getting grief from the Swansea fans, and I don't think he he's one yeah. of those players. He's one of those players who, who is I think affected by um, grief from the crowd. He gets he gets really wound up. Um, and there, there was a couple of little incidents as well. The the free kick uh, opportunity that he had. Atsu put one of those straight in against Cardiff last season, and it, and it definitely should have been Atsu because it was almost too close to the goal for Shelby. And it was. I um, think, that, I, I think that, that 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 free kick from Shelby yesterday pretty much epitomised him. What he did try to do was to try and place it top corner, which was probably very very improbable. But had it been on target, keeper would have been nowhere near it, and, mm. it's, and it's a goal. But instead, what he needs to be doing is sort of just go to basics, make the keeper work, ask a question. And instead, by trying to do almost the perfect and impossible, he's just skied it, and it's gone nowhere near. And it's, it's not helped as, as, as at all. It, and I think that's him in a nutshell. I think he tries to. I think he tries to. He, in a way, in his own ways, he's a perfectionist, and he he wants to do. But sometimes just doing the basic things and the simpler things will actually be more effective in a in a, in a game situation. I I agree, and I think that the free kick, the free kick was kind of a. Um... It was it was a free kick version of one of these Hollywood passes, you know. It's like he's just he's just doing something that he's trying to like, as you say, like perfect um, so hard that it ends up just like being a complete pointless mess. Um, yeah. And obviously the the kind of um, the little I mean we'll call it spat. It wasn't really a spat with Rafa when he went off. Um, I, I mean it's it's been I think that's been blown up a little bit too much in the press. I mean it's just a, a sign of a player who's fucked off that he got he got dragged off the pitch um, after a bit of a non-performance against his his former club. But will We'll move on from um, from John Joe, you know the the enigma that is John Joe Shelby. And um, Charlotte, I'll, I'll ask you um, with regards to the lineup um, when it was, when it was first announced. I think um, it, you know it was one of those where maybe I I thought I would have preferred to see Mankiw in there um, for Dummett given the attacking options. But how how did you feel on on seeing the lineup and were you happy with it? Um, if not, what would you like to see? Well, sorry, I've interrupted you. That's all right. Um, when we were looking at it yesterday at the pub, I was like, you know, quite positive about it. Against the side like Swansea, I thought was a strong side. Um, I didn't uh, really have a problem with it. Obviously, when we're starting um, some of the, well, Shelley's performance and things like that, I wasn't too enamoured with. Um, I would have liked to see Murphy come on at some point. Um, I was quite surprised that he didn't. Um, uh, you know, especially sort of given... The second half, it sort of um, petered out a little bit, and it would have been nice to have him on, you know, pushing on forward a little bit more. But um, overall, you know, it was a, it, not a bad side. It should have been a lot better, especially against a team like Swansea. Aye, fair, fair enough. Um, uh, Adam, I'll go to you on that. Is any any sort of changes you may have liked to have seen in the in the lineup um, from the start of the match? Um, 
you know, a lot of people were saying before the game when they saw the, the team. I mean, I was I was quite I was quite pleased with the team to be honest. I mean, in terms of, I think Dummett is a better player than Mankio. I know that will divide opinion. I think that he's probably a more solid defender. Mankio might be able to attack a bit better than Dummett um, as a kind of more naturally marauding fullback, maybe in the kind of Santon mould, if you will. But I think um, I was pleased to see Dummett get a start, and it's kind of no surprise because Dummett played the most minutes in the championship under Rafa Benitez, so he obviously rates him as well. I was, I was quite pleased to be honest. I, I really was. I really was. I think. I think. Um, Gale and Perez's interchange, um, certainly against like Stoke, they had a lot of chemistry together, and I thought they they sort of vindicated their selection by the, the amount of hard work that they did. I thought in the final third, winning the ball back and getting us back on counter attacks. Um, so in, in that respect, I think to an extent the the team kind of picks itself. Apart from uh, the omission of Mikel Marino, who I mean, you can only think that I mean Rafa. Has always kind of said that as you know, as, as strong as Marino seemed to have started in England, he's still a kind of pace off, off pace off, you know, off off the English game as it as it stands. So, I think the Marino thing, there's still an element of him settling in, yep. which is why he might not be an automatic starter at the minute. So again, I can understand that decision. Um, so I, yeah, I was I was pretty pleased, and it looked an attacking formation that looked closer to a four four two. Very good, um, and and on, on Marino, I mean, you make a good point. Yeah, the reality is he's still, he's still in, in football in terms, he's still a kid. In Premier League terms, I mean, you know, he's he's a bane really. He's um he really played Dortmund last season, and he's coming to the the top flight of um English football. So it is this this whole season's an adjustment period for him, and the fact that we've seen flashes of brilliance gives us hope for the future. But it's it's one of those where you can't expect him to show those flashes of genius, flashes of genius um week in week out because he is as you see he's adapting um. Ben, mate, your your sort of take on the lineup. Are you you pretty happy with it, or any any changes you would have liked to have seen? Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it. To be honest, I, I, it was good to see Galen um, Perez um, getting picked again uh, together. I thought that was probably the right decision given the the performances over the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, it probably didn't work out as the the best. I think. Um, the the problem is that with, with with the the strikers and we've already covered it with the lack of a clinical finisher. Gale is our best finisher, but he doesn't give you a huge amount elsewhere. I think Costello, obviously, when he came on, we just had a bit more of a presence up, up top. But um, I think that one's to be honest, it's it's a game. It's just that'll be justified based on on what they do on the game. I mean, I think had Costello played and we, we we don't win that game, I think you'd probably be saying the same. Oh, we should have gone with Gale. So. I don't. I don't think there's enough between those two really at the minute to be sort of saying either either one's the right or wrong decision. Um, I think Diarmé was justified in his selection. Uh, the back four were pretty solid. I mean, they, they didn't particularly cause us too many issues. Um, I think the only one was um, well, not not so much a, a pre-game decision, but during the match we all felt Atu was uh, wasn't doing enough in the second half, and I'm surprised he didn't get hooked. Um, earlier for, for sort of Murphy or someone so mm-hmm. but I think to be honest in terms of the, 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 the first team I, I think that was probably um, sort of what most people would have expected so I've not really got any qualms about it yeah I mean my, my, my only concern uh, and I think there were flashes of it yesterday is that Perez is so much more effective as a centre forward as opposed to a number 10 um he just is. I mean, I don't think Perez was particularly bad yesterday. You know, he definitely, definitely should have done better with the chances he had. 
But um, I just think he causes he kind of causes back lanes more trouble when he's in a he's in a, he's in a more advanced role, a centre forward role. But you know what? I mean, given the it, it's it's the whole argument, given the paucity of the squad, players are going to be getting put into positions that they're not particularly um, most effective in. Um, anyway, uh, let me say, Adam, the we're kind of covering we've kind of covered it just there, but uh, the. The first 35 minutes, as we said, we could we probably could have been three. Four. In fact, we should have been four. But, I mean, those chances were pretty clear. I caught the, the one where um, Perez should have basically hit the ball so hard it would have taken the keeper's face off it and gone anywhere near it. Um, that, was a, that was a hell of a miss, as was um, a, a couple of Dwight Gales had us. He just didn't get any kind of power in them. Um, but the, the second half, again, it, it just kind of the dynamism almost disappeared within, within like... 30 seconds of the of the kickoff. What was your take on that? And any any kind of reasons you can you can give for it maybe being like that? Well, it, it really should be no surprise to anybody. I mean, if you if you recall, like I've already mentioned, that the Bournemouth game we came out um, all guns blazing the first half to try and pepper them to try and sort of like shock them uh, and, and, and 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 nick a nick a goal or two in the first half, but then we didn't manage it. The same the same for. Um, Say the Chelsea and Man United games. We first half an hour, we kind of owned those those games, and same you know same thing with Luton. We in the first half, we just sort of we had a we had a flurry of uh, t- you know t- ten minutes where we just where we just smashed their goals in and sort of saw the game at bed. But in, in, in what links all of these games and the performance against Swansea yesterday is absolutely no different. Is that in the second half? Maybe it's a simple case of of kind of fatigue because they've gone really intensely in the first half, and when we have a squad with a lack of depth and quality like we have, Rafa can't really rotate like you know your, your top six teams, for example. He doesn't have the quality of players that he that he can rely upon to just sub in and sub out. So we're playing the same players. We're trying to catch teams off guard in the first half, but without. The fact that we've got, you know, a Stokes reserve striker for five million pounds coming off the bench yesterday to scrape and rescue a point against bottom of the table Swansea, that's that that really does epitomise where we're at with squad depth. So it's it's no surprise to me that we lack dynamism in the second half because, you know, mentality will 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 will, will be affected when you miss those chances and know that you should have put the game to bed. That's going to play upon the minds, and don't forget the atmosphere in St James's Park when we are missing chances, when things aren't going so great, can be quite toxic. I, on that, I do think that the that the crowd against Swansea was a lot better than it has been, say, against um, say the Everton game or the Brighton game, and you know the Man City game. I thought we were really behind and enthusiastic because I think we realised um, how difficult the game was going to be. So we really backed the lads, and it was a completely different atmosphere. Uh, I thought it did, it did slightly improve yesterday against Swansea, but it's it is a tough place to be when you you, you miss chances and heads are on the cusp of going down. The, the, you know that's when players really need a, a boost from the from the stands. Aye, well, I mean, a good point to that. That ties into the question I'm going to ask Charlotte actually next. Um, I mean, Jimmy and Genas, you know, for for the fact that his opinion is worth absolutely fuck all. Um, his um. <laughs> Basically said um, said that you know St James's Park is no longer a fortress. I mean, I think that's a that this whole fortress thing's been a bit of a myth for years. In anyways, but um, it all ties into the the atmosphere and the kind of nerves from the stands filtering down on the pitch. Now, obviously, I'm in Block V, which, to be perfectly honest with you, is just 
noisy non-stop. Um, if, you, if you're smack in the middle of Block V, you just think like you, you think that the atmosphere is brilliant because there's like constantly about yeah. a thousand people singing. Um, so Charlotte, obviously, you I sit in a different part of the ground. Part of your view of the game as well. As I say, I think if you're in the middle of that, you you sort of probably come out thinking, oh, it was. I don't know. You're just probably a bit more encouraged by things. Whereas I think obviously Charlotte, sort of Charlotte, we were messaging during the game. She was saying she found it really boring. I, I imagine if there's sort of not much atmosphere around you. And, there's not much happening on the pitch. I, I can see why you sort of forget that. Yeah, yeah, Charlotte. How did you? How did you find it yesterday? From from your perspective, was it? Um, well, yeah, was it as flat as you were? Uh, you seem to think make, make out yeah. yesterday. I was in the east stand, and uh, yeah, perked up towards you know where in the second half. Weirdly, where people started you know warming up a bit more, and um, but yeah, not a lot. I, I seem to be surrounded by a lot of students. I think who probably don't go that often. Were, so, were you uh, dishing out the uh, tomato super tough times? Is that what it was? Warm them up. No, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I was sitting behind a man who I thought was probably going to die. He was so so angry and so aggressive on every missed pass or every like, <laughs> like he was screaming, like spitting all over the ball. The back of his neck was purple. Oh, but who he, would do that? <laughs> <laughs> I was really thinking that, like, and 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 he was like, because I remember Mick saying after I can't remember which match it was at, but he was saying how negative it was and how he'd had a word with with a couple of lads who were just, you know, sending so much abuse towards the players, and he was like, "Why are you here? He obviously hated." Um, and I remember like being like, "That's weird. I've not really experienced that." And then yesterday, the guy went behind. I definitely felt it from him, just like total. It's um I, before before going into the, into the V block and like you know having only sporadically attended over the last sort of basically like so, since the the start of the Sunes era and uh, moving moving away my attendance was a lot a lot more sporadic than it is now um and every time I went back it did it was almost like you know the that you, you could feel the nerves from the stand the frustration of the stands filtering down the pitch and and obviously individual players getting in the neck um I I mean I don't know what it was like in the match yesterday but Ben um in terms of players. Getting a bit of grief at the minute on social media, which obviously, as we know, is pretty much a barometer for fuck all half the time. But still, um, Matt Ritchie's been getting a little bit of a little bit of grief because obviously he's he's set pieces which have which have gone from being you know one of our sort of most lethal lethal weapons um, have just uh, they've sort of just become more more and more ineffective. Um, is that how you perceive it? And uh, have you any any sort of idea why why that's the case? Games as well. He's just in 
little bit of run of bad form. I think maybe it's the confidence or maybe he's, he's sort of the the role he's been asked to do is probably a lot more defensive. I think as well he's, he's sort of spending more of his time um, sort of in our final third than, than the opposition final third. In terms of the the goal scoring threat as well, I mean I think if you think back to the games, there was a lot made of the zonal marking um, of, of other, from from other teams, and I think obviously we we um, benefited from that quite quite a lot uh, sort of earlier on in the season. Um, teams don't seem to be uh, sort of adopting that approach anymore, unfortunately. Um, so I think that's had an impact on it as well. It's, it's obviously harder for the guys to get sort of the, the free headers that they were maybe getting earlier on. Um, but yeah, definitely, I, w- I would say that. I mean, Richie. I don't. I don't think you, you can necessarily single him out for criticism. I mean, I don't know that when the others have come in in, in his stead, I don't think they've been any better. I mean, in terms of the the final balls, it was really um, apparent yesterday. Actually, sort of just just um, noticing how poorly we crossed the ball. I mean, every single ball going into the box, there was there was only sort of two decent balls put in, which uh, Gail got on the end of. But even then, it didn't really. There weren't great, great balls in. I mean, they weren't dumb it to, to Gale in the first half. Um, I don't know, it's one, it's, it was a funny one. He seemed to sort of try and sort of whip it in, but it didn't really have any, any pace on it. So it was, although I think Gale should have done better with the header, it, it, he, he had a lot to do himself. He had to generate a lot of the power. Um, there was another one, um, sort of the other, the other header that we had at the first half. I think that was Gale again. Um I don't know, just the, the, the quality of crossing is really poor. We don't we don't seem to be taking any advantage. Considering how effective it is against us, I mean, we we, we seem to let any number of balls into the box in every game, and that, that's a real sort of danger point. And obviously, they've they've scored from um, a corner again yesterday. I, I think it's something that that probably that they need to do a lot more work on in terms of the um, the setup. I mean, I know it's it, there's that specialist. Uh, Coach, who seems to be the one that's sort of in charge of it, I think he needs to pull his uh, his finger out and, and get uh, get it get get them a lot more organised, and, and maybe he's even sort of try try some new things. I, mean, I think we always seem to to be trying to do the same thing. So I don't know. It's it, it's harsh to, to sort of pull out Richie on that. Although, Aye. as I say, I think it's just highlight because it was so effective earlier on. It seems to be something that's completely. Um, sort of gone away now. Uh, I, I, I agree with you, but, but, but I suppose that the other way I could look at it yesterday, it's like fine margins. So the I think it was the Perez chance where you know where he ought to have scored. That was a, I mean it wasn't a set piece but or a cross, but it was a brilliant through ball by Richie. And you think well if Perez bangs that in, then that's another another assist knocked up for Richie. You know, yeah, and, and and then yeah, then we could turn around and go oh well you know there's Richie again. He, you know, his crossing wasn't particularly brilliant. He didn't have a particularly brilliant game, but he still set up a goal again. Um, and it's just, I suppose, someone like Richie, he's less ineffective than what you know what he what he maybe has been in the past. Precisely because we don't have we we lack that 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 like clinical um, clinical finishing. So it's kind of obviously yeah. impact impacting on his stats. The fact that there's anyone putting the ball in it um, regularly. Um, but there, there you go. Um, Moving on then, we've... Um, about Matt Ritchie, sorry. Just, go on, Adam, go on. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a stat going around that he's, um, I mean, he's at the post like three times, which is only like second highest in the, in the Premier League season so far, which kind of epitomises just, he's all, you know, it's on the wrong side of, of, of luck at the minute. Yeah. Um, and look, you've got to remember that the guy's been pretty much an ever-present um, throughout the whole championship campaign and this and this season as well. So, it's, you know, if, if he isn't on firing on all cylinders over the last month, 
maybe it's just a fatigue thing. And right. Maybe yeah. it's it's time. That's when you want to be using players like uh, Jacob Murphy to come on. Well, that come that brings on the next question. Just just quickly, more Norman. That's the point as well is that we rely massively on him. Like he is sort of one of our um, most creative players. Yeah. You look at Atsu. I mean, it's, it's, he gets into great positions, but actually. He rarely delivers a, a great ball into the box, whereas as Richie's got on his locker. So I think we've got to be. I mean, obviously that because because obviously you set the bar a lot higher, Richie, because you know what he's capable of. But at the same time, it's, I think you've, you've got to sort of give him a bit of license to to sort of figure out and, and just get get through the, the the form. I think you're completely right though, making the point. He could put all the, the greatest balls into the box if nobody's getting on the end of it. Then yeah, they're going to look rubbish. So I think it's a it's a two way street with that one. I think. An element of his sort of performance might have dropped, but equally, um, he, he is creating goal-scoring chances for him, and it's unfortunate we're just not taking them. Absolutely, I like you know, like we said, it's it's margins, and Adam just said they're hitting hitting the woodwork three times, a couple of inches either way, and he's got three goals and another couple of assists. It's just it's just how it is at the minute. Um, so you, you you alluded to Murphy there, Adam. Actually, um, that can bring me on to substitutions. We've we've briefly spoken about it, but um. I thought the game was absolutely crying out for Murphy with about twenty to go. Um, just his, yeah. his sort of directness and his pace. Um, what? How did you see the the substitutions in general? Obviously, Hossel who scored, but um, what was your overall opinion? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I thought it was a really bold move taking Gale off um, when he brought Hossel on at the time because I thought as much as Gale had you know missed a couple of chances, I thought that he had looked the most likely to score. You you know he. He missed those headers, uh, one wide, one straight at Fabianski, but he was there, he was in the position he anticipated, and that's what he brings. And so to bring him off, I was thinking, oh, that's that's probably our best, you know, best threat, the best chance of scoring. But then obviously he's brought Hosley on, and Hosley's got us a vital point in the end. So, you know, credit where credit's due to Rafa Benitez, but he, he, he seemed to... I mean, it was very strange that we only used two substitutions yesterday, and at the second, the Shelby one, I felt he kind of brought Shelby off because Shelby was starting to blow his top a bit. He was having words with the referee Ooh. and a couple of their opposition players, so I almost thought that was kind of reactive to his his apparent mental state on the pitch at the time. So you wonder whether he, you know, whether he was planning to even bring anybody on it. But you're right. I, I think I totally agree. Murphy and the form that Murphy's been on and, and is superb assist uh, against Stoke he would have been fresh legs and as you know we talked about how the you know there was a lack of dynamism in the second half this is what Murphy brings he brings energy and enthusiasm and he's very proactive and very positive you know he'll he'll just run at defenders and that's what we needed to do in the first half we got in behind their players quite easily their fullbacks that van den Horn who ultimately um, set up their goal he was very poor. I mean, even Dummett and Atsu were getting in behind him first half. So, you know, the weakness was there, but why he hasn't, he hasn't chosen Jacob Murphy at all, I'm not too sure. But you know, one thing we, that, you know, in terms of our wingers and creating chances, I don't think we're doing, like you say, we don't, we don't think we're doing a lot wrong there. And maybe he thought that Richie and Atsu were the best, were playing well enough to, to, to maybe deliver that final ball that would have got us a winner. But I mean, in terms of chances created, I just I don't, I don't look at the stat. Chances created this season in the Premier League. Newcastle are ninth in the table. Aye. Hilariously, Swansea are bottom. But we are ninth in the table, so that that's one element of our game that we're probably not doing too badly at all in. Um, but I do think, having said that, just a pair of fresh legs would have could have really made a difference. And I agree, Murphy probably did deserve his chance as well. Aye. Um, 
Interesting the, the stat on the on the chances, yeah, you, you see them again. That obviously just ties into the fact that we, you know, going out and spending a big lump of money on a on a clinical centre forward would have made a hell of a lot of difference this season. Um, again, that'll be a, I'm sure that'll be a discussion that'll take place at the end of the transfer window as to whether we've got one in or not. Um, the uh, interesting thing that um, Alex mentioned was at one stage yesterday on the pitch, we had um, other than Yedlin for Anita the exact team that we had on the pitch um, against Chef Wade on Boxing Day last year in the Championship. So, you know, that, tell, that, that's, that tells you something, doesn't it? We're in the Premier League, the last time we played, so when Carvajal was in charge of Chef Wade and at St. James's Park last, he, pretty much, he was pretty much facing the same team um, in, a, in, a, in a, division, a division above. So, so there you go, and that kind of ties into a serious lack of investment um, for, for a squad going up. Um, I'll move on in anyways, Ben. Um, you know... We we didn't lose yesterday, so you know, let, let's let's see let's not say we didn't win, we'll say we didn't lose. Um so despite the, the disappointment of not winning, and given that, you know, Brighton at home, Stoke away, um, looking in the cup, obviously slightly slightly different kind of game. Um and yesterday, do you think that we're moving back towards that stage where we're we're looking not hard at the beat? Um or would you would you rather see you know, us like continue to go a bit more gung ho in the second half against Swansea? I mean I think for, for that particular game, yeah. I did feel like they were there for the taking. Um, I, I just feel like, as, as the points have already been mentioned, possibly fatigue. I think we, we started on on fire, and, and you saw we were creating a lot of opportunities. I mean, I've I've not seen too many teams come and give give the ball straight to our sort of attacking players in, in their own final third as many times as we did. And I just felt like Swansea, they're a terrible team. They're they're, they're surely going down. I mean, they look absolute. Uh, fodder for the Premier League. I don't, I don't think they're, they're up to this level. It's just because of that, I, I felt like we could have taken a bit more of the risks. Having said that, if, if you get caught at the other end and you, and you, you lose and gift three points to them, that, that's probably sort of a lot, lot worse um, than, than just sort of splitting the, the points. So that, that might have come into to sort of why he didn't make the changes. He, he was sort of settled with with the team and felt like they, they wouldn't give anything away and, and wouldn't, wouldn't lose. But Equally, I don't know. I just just felt like that that was a great opportunity. Having have given how easily we were cutting them up in the first half, we should have got a bit more fair uh, sort of gung ho. Having said that, um, I think going forward, I mean, me and Adam were talking to the the point he was making before about sort of fast and starting uh, things like that. The the games we've um, won this season, we uh, the the great run we had, we were actually starting games slow and, and building into games, and we were playing probably a lot more defensively and just being a lot more tougher to beat um, and, and that was frustrating other teams and I think especially when you look at the state of our side we don't really have any any sort of top top quality players we've not got anybody that's necessarily going to lock up the teams and it's not like I mean although we're ninth in the, the league for, for creating chances we're, we, we haven't got that striker that, that's going to put put the um, sort of he's not going to capitalise on sort of three of, of, of five chances or, or whatever um, so I, I, I do feel like we're, we're, it'd probably be better suited for us to, to sort of stay in games and and probably allow teams to sort of um, come and have a go and huff and puff and, and sort of blow themselves out and um, I don't know just just it might create more opportunities later in games for us for us to make a few more games whereas at the minute it seems to be we we have our go in the first half and then, and then we're sort of hanging on in the second half a bit so uh, I don't know it's Obviously, the Rafa has changed the, the style of play for a reason. Obviously, he felt like we weren't getting forward enough and we weren't creating enough opportunity to win games, play like that. But equally, we were picking up 
picking up points doing that. And I think, especially for how uh, tight tight it is now, every point really does matter. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously you, you trust in Rafa, and you know he, he'll do what's best. But um, personally, I just feel like that that's potentially something where we, we could be looking at uh, to as, as it gets sort of later on in the season. Um, maybe we should start to think about uh, sort of just waiting uh, allowing teams to come on us a bit more and it might uh, sort of uh, give us opportunities and produce more opportunities in the final third uh, later in games Aye, absolutely mate um, well, you, you, you mentioned there and I think the word you used was uh, shite to describe Swansea and, and, I, and I agree with you I mean I thought they <laughs> I thought they were um, they, they were probably the worst team I've seen this season um, to, with the matches I've seen and I watched them the other week against them. I think it was Spurs, and they were just uh, yeah, they were just shite. Um, and I mean, uh, I mean, hide- hideously enough, obviously, um, they, they they almost won it yesterday with with Bonnie, but um, Bonnie is just a complete shadow of of the player that he was. Um, and there was no conviction, and he shot. Uh, so Charlotte, given that you know Swansea was so poor, um, two shots all game. Um, based on them and what you've seen so far from other teams, are you? Are you still confident to stay up? And um, and and who who at this stage do you do you see as almost dead certs to go down? Oh yeah, I definitely think we'll stay up. You know, it you know it might not be that we're in the top half, but I, I don't think we'll go down this season. I think you know if, if you look at the sort of quality of players that we've got, where we are is a testament to Rafa and how hard he's working with what he's got. And I think you know we'll. We're not going down. Um, Swansea, yes, I can't see them staying up at all. They've got a massive goal difference, I think, as well. Um, and um, who else have we got? West Brom and Stoke in the bottom three. Um, I think Southampton might fall. They're not doing too well at the moment. Um, and Stoke might like just about miss it. But um, I'd say, yeah, I'd probably say Swansea, West Brom. Maybe Southampton, but I don't see us going down this season. That, do that, 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 that's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, um, Adam mentioned it before, and I've I've pretty much been saying it since the start of the season. I think there's always going to be a point where Huddersfield are going to start sinking like a stone because they, all, they, yeah. they did they did a kind of similar thing last season in the Championship. They've got this they've got this style of play that I think um, for for a few months uh, a lot of teams almost don't they're kind of so unfamiliar with it they don't know how to cope with it. And then as soon as as soon as I kind of found out. Um, they, they just, I mean, they had a shite end of last season and they only just scraped up. And I think something similar has happened now. It's like they got in the Premier League and, they, and I think they surprised a few people. And um, all of a sudden, they just, I mean, they're starting to lose. They got battered. They conceded four goals at home to David Moyes' team. I mean, that tells you something. Um, and <laughs> I also cool, think. But it's very similar to when Blackpool came up to the Premier League. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to make that point. They, they sort of like shocked everyone. They were very attacking. They were really attractive. But then. You sort of like the tension turns away for them for a couple of months, and then you check the table, and suddenly they're like three points above the relegation zone after being yeah. at the top. And it's like, oh, right. So the, the, the Premier League has a very good way of equalising and um, restoring parity to the universe. Absolutely. Hold it the same. Hold it the same under Brown as well. I think when they surged just before Christmas, that's right. Point, everybody was waxing lyrical about the job he was doing and how good they were looking, and then. They barely picked up a point in the for the rest of the season. You just, as you say, there's as 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 the sort of table um, settles sort of for the second half of the season, managers start uh, to probably sort of reanalyze, reanalyze and re relook at their targets and think actually right if if you are in a relegation scrap, you're not going to go out and have a go at, at likes of Huddersfield if 
if they're one of the teams in in, in round you, and you probably just trust that actually that if if you don't give them the opportunities to score, they're not going to score, and they'll probably they're, they're probably not good enough to be able to make the um sort of keep, keep make uh, they're, they're probably going to make mistakes themselves, and I think you you they're probably that naivety I guess of of not knowing sort of the um how difficult it can be. They've yeah. probably come into the league with with sort of no. They've basically had a sort of a free shot. Nobody expected them to be there, and it's like at the start of the season when when teams are sort of setting up against them, they're probably thinking, "Shit, we can't afford to lose to Huddersfield." Like they're probably the worst team in the league. Uh, we don't want to give anything away to them, and and that's probably played into their hands a bit in terms of they're able to to sort of have a go at teams and and, and not really sort of get much much of a reaction back. Whereas actually now. Teams are realising, well, hang on a minute, that's just playing into their hands. But we're going to make things a lot more difficult for them, and and I think that will tell. Um, you'll you'll see. I think the results are completely agree. I think Brighton and Huddersfield, probably ourselves to an extent as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's the teams coming up, that you can't really judge the um, sort of the, the the positions that we're all in um, at the minute because just just because, as I say, that it's probably that that sort of new new feel about it. I mean. Obviously, the, the Premier League teams that are currently here don't really know what to expect from us. And I think as, as they get more tape on I mean, especially someone like Huddersfield, is to get more tape on them to be able to analyse and, and look at what they do well and what they don't do well. Teams will work them out. I mean, you've got the, the game so professional that you've got people sort of um, specifically employed to sort of look at uh, what, what teams do well and, and sort of game plan and, and sort of all the stats that you can get from teams. They'll work out what what they do well and what they don't do well, and and you you're not going to get away with with sort of playing one style for for 38 games in the season, expecting it to work every time. Absolutely, so, mate. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not surprised. I think from from last season the way they played, as as you correctly said, they they've only got one way of playing, and it, they they it, they they managed to hang on for it long enough last season, and that it got them over the line. But I think. You're not going to get. You don't get that same opportunity. The Premier League teams teams are a lot, lot better and a lot smarter, and they've got a lot more resources to to throw at it. Very, very, very well. Very, very good point, mate. Um, I'd also um throw in there that um I think Brighton will have enough to survive just because uh, because of Hutton's pragmatism. It'll be hard, but I think I think they'll do it. Um, but they will be down there, and I think um. Charlotte mentioned Southampton. Now Southampton on paper, their squad they've got a very they've got a squad that's better than ours. It's as simple as that. But I think Pellegrini's massively out of his depth in the Premier League. Um, yeah. He's uh, he did a decent job at Alaves, but he was only really there two seasons. And it it was one of those he took Alaves up, and they kind of had that like um, that surge of of optimism. Newly promoted team, sometimes getting they had a really good season uh, in La Liga, but it was like one season in La Liga um, in yeah. Southampton. I think Southampton took a big big gamble on it, and I think it's backfiring at the moment. But it's it's almost one of those where it's not backfiring to the extent that they're in the bottom three and they're really in the shit. That it's like. He's in a kind of position where they're, they're almost like not going to sack him because it's not quite bad enough, and I think that that kind of plays in our hands. But we'll we'll move on we'll move on from that anyways, um, and we'll 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 try and wrap it up. I will tell you what I'm gonna do, right? I'm gonna ask you all for two positives. That will end on two positives from each year on on yesterday. So Adam, give me two positives from yesterday, mate. Two positives are um, that we I don't think we're doing a lot wrong in terms of the way we play I think in terms of the goals we concede and recently we've probably conceded about as many as I'd expect a defence of our quality to have conceded so for me one against Swansea isn't terrible but I think we're creating chances we're playing in the right way and we're showing a lot of spirit 
uh, and the players are fighting for Rafa Benitez. Um, so if you t- if you take um, you know our attitude against other teams that are in the same relegation battle, which it is, I, I think we've got that um, ahead of other other clubs, and also you know people that might be disappointed with a draw against Swansea. You've got to think that we're not entitled to any points in the Premier League. And actually, would anybody here have expected us to do the double over both West Ham and Stoke uh, this season? No. So as long as we're getting points elsewhere, it doesn't matter. And I think it'll all level out in the end anyway. Good man. Charlotte, you, give me two positives. Uh, we didn't lose. <laughs> Excellent. No point. I mean, basically, that's a positive. Yeah. Um, and... Um, Great win the power. Uh, what? Scraping the barrel. No, that's not. That's a positive. If we'd lost, that would against Swansea, that would have been shit. Right. Um, and, you know, yeah, we were creating chances. There were there was a lot of um, optimism to be taken from that. And I think going forward into the second half of this season, we, uh, if we keep doing that and get Murphy on at the end, we should be all right. Good, good. And you, Ben, go on, give me two, mate. We've got Rafa. Yes. Brilliant, fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll I'll end I'll end on him on on just just one of mine because you've you've covered them all so well. Um, I think uh, I'm just I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw it out there again because I, I can't stop myself. But but Hosselu, again, just like uh, he, he come on, he scored. It was a really it was a really good finish. No two ways about it. You could see the the absolute pleasure that he took from scoring it, and you know, um, he's. Uh, He's doing all right, and I think a lot of the a lot of the grief that he gets, I think it's it's unjustified. Um, it's all it's all about perspective. I've said this again and again, and I just think I just think him coming off the bench yesterday and scoring that goal is going to give him a huge um, a huge boost of confidence. And you know what? Let's take a let's take. I'll, I'll give you another positive, right? Don't Paul Dummett's back. There you go. We're gonna be alright, man. <laughs> um, right, everyone. We'll we'll leave it we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, Well, there you. We've, we've, we've come a long way. There you, there you go, there you, there you, there you can, mate. Eh? And anyways, everyone, thanks ever so much, and um, we will be back with you, I guess, with a, I mean, a Man City, um, a Man City preview. We know that's going to be a piece of piss, so I look forward to it. Cheers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.